Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Attention, please, if you have not seen any of the John Wick movies or know nothing about them, I will be speaking about the movies rather bigly. <laughs> not bigly, that's stupid. I will be spoiling at least the first movie of John Wick. So if you've not seen them, then go watch the first movie before you listen to this episode. Or if you don't care, just keep listening. Um, here's the cold intro. And here's some music leading into the cold intro. I honestly have no idea what kind of episode you guys are going to get today, folks, because I have made a serious error in scheduling when I scheduled the episode this week. And the reasons behind it, well, it's a lot to get into. It's it's really more than I want to get into here during the opening cold intro thing of this podcast. So uh, I'm just not gonna. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and I'm the guy that screwed up this week. And let me explain why. It's my birthday this week. Now, I'm not going to tell you what day, because... All right, it's Friday. I mean, I can't really hide that. It's on Facebook. It's really weird when it comes to birthdays anymore, folks, because when the internet started, you had to keep everything about yourself completely secret for fear of somebody stealing your identity, right? And I always thought that that was something that you still wanted to do. And yet it's broadcast to everybody on your friends list in Facebook, if you choose to do so, that it's your birthday. Now, one thing it doesn't tell them, of course, is is the the year that you were born, but you're encouraged to use your real name. And matter of fact, I don't even think you're allowed to have a Facebook account. They don't like it if you use a fake name. If they discover you're using a fake name, then they cancel your account. So what I've always understood is there are certain things that people need in order to steal your identity. One is your full name. One is your date of birth. And then one, of course, is your social security number. Well, you can practically get both of those already or two of those, two of those three things just off of Facebook, just by tricking someone into letting you into their Facebook circles by friending you. So you'll just automatically friend them back because I think people don't really discriminate all that much in general when it comes to who they friend on Facebook. And if you let something slip as far as your birth year, then bang, they've got you. They've got your full name and they've got your birth date. And one of the ways that you can slip up and release what your birth year is, is by answering one of those stupid questions that they put on Facebook all the time, which is, okay, take your birth month and the movie that was 
or, or how is it? The movie that was number one the the month and the year you were born. And then you just put that out there. And with a little deductive reasoning, people can figure out when you were born. At that point, they just need to get your social security number. But once they have your name and date of birth, they can do a lot of, of, of damage with just those two pieces of information right there. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you what year I was born. I've never answered one of those questions online in regard to what's the, 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 the movie that was number one. The, the month and year you were born. I, I've never answered questions like that. So my, my, I hope my, my birthday is remaining elusive. You know, it's, it's going to be Friday. You know that, you know, it's, it's, it's already out there. There's nothing I can do about it at that point. But w- what does that have to do with today's episode? Well, I'm going to, I'm trying to explain in a very roundabout way. See, I took this week off of work to celebrate my birthday. I don't really do much on my birthday. We don't really celebrate uh, the the parental birthdays around here really all that much. About the most I can do is just just take the week off of work and then just spend the week being lazy and watching movies. And frankly, that started on Saturday. Once the weekend began, my birthday week celebration began. And I have a lot of movies lined up to watch and enjoy. But what I didn't think about was, oh, I still have to record an episode for just another fanboy this week for Tuesday because, you know, I'm still doing Tuesday episodes. I'm no longer doing Thursday episodes because Loki is done, but I'm still doing the Tuesday episodes. And had I really put some thought into it, I would have scheduled myself for a week off or I would have just recorded something in advance last week, but I didn't think about it. And so now here I am just recording a bunch of nonsense. I'm just laying down some stuff just to get an episode out for you guys. I honestly don't care if this entertains you or not, because frankly, it's my birthday this week and I don't have to care about anybody but me. And of course, my family and my the, the pets that we have, I have to care about them. I'm kind of legally bound to care about all them. That's not true. I don't have to care about any of them. I just happen to because that's what's in my heart. So anyway, yeah, I'm going to be watching and have started watching a bunch of movies this week. And I suppose I can talk about that, what I've been watching so far, because I've watched quite a bit already. I finally jumped upon the John Wick bandwagon and I watched all three movies just over the weekend. And I was pleasantly surprised with exactly how awesome those movies were. I knew they were going to be action packed shoot 'em up kill frenzy type uh, you know kind of one of those types of movies or three of those types of movies cuz there are three of them but i was not expecting the world in which they built around this character i knew going in that john wick was a hitman of some sort who had gone out of the game who who uh, let me i'm going to try not to edit this entire episode. I may edit out the the coughs and the sniffs and the clearing my throat, but all the the vocal screw-ups that I do and I do a lot of them. You'll you'll notice how many are kept in this episode and the the tangents and all that stuff. So, anyway, I knew going into it that he was some sort of hitman who had gotten out of the game, who had gotten married, whose wife had passed away, and it was just him and this dog and that somebody breaks into his home steals his car, kills his dog, and that's how he ends up going on a kill-crazy rampage. I knew that going into it, but really, it's like there's so much more to it, and yet not really all that much more to it. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Yes, that's exactly what happened. He was a he was an ex-hitman. 
but his wife had just recently died. And the last thing she had done, she was obviously dying of some protracted illness because while she was on her deathbed, she has a a puppy ordered and delivered to him upon her, you know, once she's died and the funeral is gone, you know, it's like two or three days after she's dead, this puppy arrives as delivered on his doorstep with a card from her that basically tells him, you need something to love so that you can keep going. So here's this dog. And to him, this dog symbolizes the last thing in this world that she gave him. It's the last connection he has to his wife. And at one point he's, he, he leaves the house and he's, he drives this, this souped up Mustang and these three Russians kind of stop him at this gas station. He's, he's pumping gas. These three Russians pull up and, and one of them stays in the car. One of them goes into the gas station and the third one comes over to his car and he's basically like, ah, this is a really nice car. And how much do you want for it? And, John Wick says, uh, I don't want anything for it. And really, at this point, had you not known anything about this movie, you're not going to necessarily know that he was a hitman. You may understand that he has some kind of past. But the guy says something to him in Russian that's basically a threat of some sort, and he responds in Russian. So, again, if you know nothing about this movie going into it, you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And so then they break into his house that night. They beat him up. And then they kill his dog and they steal his car. And, uh... There's just this, I mean, oh my God, I don't, I was not looking forward to that scene at all. And what I ended up seeing, what all of us ended up seeing, if you've seen this movie, if you haven't, yeah, I'm spoiling the crap out of it for you, but you should really see the movie. I should probably add something at the, at the intro, uh, in which there is a, a spoiler. So let me just record that little bit right here. Attention, please. If you have not seen any of the John Wick movies or know nothing about them, I will be speaking about the movies rather bigly. <laughs> not bigly. That's stupid. I will be spoiling at least the first movie of John Wick. So if you've not seen them, then go watch the first movie before you listen to this episode. Or if you don't care, just keep listening. Um, here's the cold intro. And here's some music leading into the cold intro. There, see? So you will have heard that twice now. You will have heard it at the beginning, and you will have heard it right now as I recorded it and then moved a copy of it toward the beginning of the episode. Anyway, the part that I was not prepared for was they kind of kill the dog off screen a little bit. They don't really show it. You hear it, and it's heartbreaking, but the dog is on the other side of the room, and they don't... They, I think they, they hit it with a freaking blunt instrument or something. I don't think they shoot it because the dog doesn't die right away. And here's the heartbreaking moment. So he, uh, gets knocked unconscious. And when he wakes up, the dog is right next to him. And there is a blood trail leading from where the dog was to him. And the dog Daisy has passed. And I about burst into tears. It was the most heartbreaking moment. And it was something that I did not want to see. But frankly, it helped me come to terms with the fact that John Wick just goes on a kill crazy rampage after that. Because every time he killed somebody and he kills a lot of people, all I could think about was that freaking dog. And I seem to be okay with it. I mean, granted, in real life, I, I wouldn't have been, you know, okay with it. But it's a movie. So we're okay with fictional 
violence and death. Unless it's a dog, then then I'm really upset. But anyway, they built this whole world around this concept, this whole world of a just this mammoth criminal organization called the High Table and the uh, the assassination guild of some sort that is involved in that, that uh, there's like a hotel uh, called the Continental where all these assassins stay, you know, when they're on jobs in New York and there are various versions around the world. And it's a rule that there is no con- business conducted within the Continental and you cannot shed any blood in the Continental. There's no, you know, you can't, if if you're being, if, if you've got a contract out on you and you go to the Continental, you're safe until you leave. But then there's all these amenities that are awarded to you or, or afforded to you because of your association with this guild or this whatever they, they don't, I don't remember them giving a name for the group that the assassinations belong, the, the assassins belong to other than, you know, the high table. Maybe it's, maybe that's what the high table is, is an, an assassin's guild. I, I don't know. They, it's three movies in and all you know is that what it sounds like to me is that the high table is a criminal organization and the assassins are some type of guild that work for them under the table as they put it. So they're working in servitude, but they're not tied to the high table or or something. Anyway, there's all these great amenities that they are are given because of their association with this. And like they have a, 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 Salmonier, is that how you pronounce it? It's like a, a wine guy, but he is an expert in weapons. And so you there's these gold coins that are minted that's all part of it, and you're awarded gold coins like a freaking video game, and you use the gold coins to get you into places and to get you weapons and sanctuary and all this stuff. And you get just a taste of it in the first movie, and you get a little bit more in the second movie, and even more in the third movie. And freaking um, Lawrence Fishburne shows up in the second movie, and he's a big part, or or at least he's going, it sounds like he's going to be a big part of the fourth movie whenever it comes out, which was really nice to see him and Keanu Reeves together again. That was kind of cool. But John Wick, I'm really glad. I slept on that for such a long time. I don't know what I was waiting on, but... I think I was waiting for it to come to a streaming service and it, it still hasn't. It still hasn't. I've got freaking Hulu and Prime and Disney Plus and flipping Netflix and HBO Max and it's not on any of those. So I ended up having to rent them through Vudu and money well spent. Great movies. Uh, I finally watched uh, Spectre, the newest James Bond movie. That was a lot of fun. Uh, really enjoyed that. I watched News of the World which is a Western with Tom Hanks. Don't know why I waited so long on that one. That was a, a just a darn tootin' good movie about a, a guy, Tom Hanks, who's basically like uh, the first news reporter. After the Civil War, he he was at one time, a he ran a, a newspaper, a printing press, and he printed newspapers in San Antonio, Texas. And then he went off to fought in the Civil War. And after the Civil War, he comes back to Texas to find it all gone the 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 it'd been burned to the ground and whatnot and so he he still wanted to be in the news game so what he does is he he travels around texas and he hits a big town and he buys up newspapers and then he he goes to these smaller towns and he will set up shop in a church or anywhere that people can can congregate and then they they for for a dime each they can listen to him read the news and he gives them freaking news from around the world. He he reads to them local news and then news from around the United States and then news from, 
you know, international news. It's it was that part of it by itself was pretty interesting. But as he's traveling between towns, he comes across a wagon that has been set upon and there's a little girl that's been abandoned. She was taken by the Kiowa Indians, uh, Native Americans at one point and um, was raised by them. She was taken back by American soldiers and she was being taken to her family in southern Texas when the wagon was attacked because apparently the wagon was being driven by a black man and these uh, whoever attacked them just doesn't want you know, a bunch of racists who don't want black people in Texas and hung the black man and then, uh, or hanged the black man and then left the little girl to fend for herself. So Captain Kidd, which is Tom Hanks, his character, he comes across her, takes her to the, to the, the, to the nearest town. And he ends up basically having to take it upon himself to take her into Southern Texas to her family. But the, the further south into Texas you go, the more wild it gets and the more dangers there are. And it was, it was really good. It had a nice resolution to that movie. Um, and then I, I took the kids to, uh, downtown Lawrence on Sunday, which is, uh, uh, the big downtown shopping district of Lawrence, Kansas. And, uh, it's a place that I absolutely hate to go. And it's, a uh, prove, proof of my love toward my children that I'm willing to go there and deal with the parking and deal with all the people just so they can do some shopping and not like clothes, you know, just fun shopping. They have money built up from their allowances and uh, I just dropped them off downtown and I, I went to the library and hung out while they walked around and bought various things. While I was at the library, however, I picked up the three Planet of the Apes movies, the the reboot, the most recent reboot, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War of the Planet of the Apes. I watched Rise and Dawn yesterday, and I'm going to watch War today. And I tell you what, there's only two downsides to these movies. The first one is, of course, James Franco being in the first one. I've never really been a big fan of his. The only movie I ever enjoyed him in was Pineapple Express, and that's because he played an idiot. And I've always felt that James Franco is a bit of an idiot. So he was just playing toward his strengths in that movie, as far as I was concerned. I was concerned. And, uh, of course, we've discovered over the last few years that he is a, a creep. And uh, so I'm not a big, I never have been a big fan of his. Didn't really like him in the Spider-Man movies. Haven't really liked him in much since. Uh, but it's like, if I'm going to watch the three movies, I got to watch Rise because it's, it is a good movie. It's, it's, uh, it's really hard to watch everything that Caesar goes through to end up becoming who he becomes to start this, this uh, social group, this freaking community of apes. But I think the thing about these three movies that the, the biggest downside is the fact that based on everything I read, they're done. They're not making any more. And so we haven't we we kind of we're basically seeing what leads up to what will be the planet of the apes, you know, where hundreds of years, thousands of generations of, you know, into the future. It's a, a the planet Earth that is completely run by apes and the humans are basically the animals. We don't we, we see what kind of helps lead to that in these movies, but we don't see the end result. We don't see uh, the actual Planet of the Apes, which I really, I was really hoping they would get to because there's really a lot of potential in these three movies because 
Throughout the first movie, it's set in present day. And it's basically all about how James Franco, he is a scientist who is creating what he hopes to be a cure for Alzheimer's because his father has Alzheimer's and they're testing this virus that is supposed to basically help the brain repair itself. And they're testing it on chimpanzees. And one of the chimpanzees that they have in captivity, they learn later was pregnant and it has this baby who will become Caesar. And the virus that they've been using on this chimpanzee was passed to the baby uh, during, you know, birth, during the whole uh, growing of the baby in the mommy's tummy, you know, to get really technical with you guys. Uh, but Caesar grows up to be just exceptionally intelligent. And he learns that this virus not only repairs the damaged cells in the brain, it improves them, but it doesn't quite work on humans because the human body starts creating antibodies that fight back against this virus. So he creates a more aggressive, well, not aggressive, aggressive strain of this virus, which ends up being a plague to humans. It, it uh, one of the scientists or the monkey handler basically gets a whiff of the aerosol version of this virus while they're trying to test it on a chimpanzee and he becomes sick and he spreads it to 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 other people, one of which is an airline pilot who works at a major commercial international airport in San Francisco. And uh, that all happens in the first movie. Caesar, uh, you know, he gets he's very intelligent. He can sign. He can reason. He can think he uh. Something ends up happening and he is put into a ape sanctuary, which he feels is a prison and he escapes and he steals some of this virus from his his old home where he lived with um, James Franco's character. And this is a more aggressive form of the virus. And he it's an, it's in an aerosol, aerosol form and he lets it go within the ape, ape sanctuary and they all get smart and they all escape, start a big revolution and they escape across the freaking Golden, Golden Gate Bridge to the Redwood National Forest. And that's where they live. And then that's how the movie ends. And then over the next 10 years, the humans succumb to this virus and there are just a handful of humans left. And it's it's really good. It's it just really sets up how it becomes the Planet of the Apes. And the fun thing about the first movie, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it because there's just background stories throughout the movie, whether it's on TV or headlines, about a mission to Mars and how uh, they have been lost in space. They've lost contact with this manned mission to Mars. And that's them. That's the, the three astronauts that end up crashing on Earth at the beginning of the 60s Planet of the Apes. And they think it's another planet and it's actually Earth hundreds or thousands of years in the future. And and that's how the, the whole franchise starts. But that's the only disappointing thing about the the updated franchise is I really wish they would do more of them. Hopefully they will. But it's been a while since the last movie came out. And again, I'm fairly certain I read that they're not going to make any more of those movies, which is which is a shame because they're really fun. And I'm looking forward to watching War of the planet of the apes today because i've only i've seen the others at least three times each four times now and i think war i've only seen once so i'm looking forward to watching it again beyond that i'm going to rewatch the lord of the rings extended edition movies along with the hobbit extended edition movies uh the hobbit of course is not as good as the lord of the rings i uh 
the Lord of the Rings is one of those movies that are one of those trilogies that I can spend a whole weekend watching it. And the moment the final movie is over, I want to turn around and rewatch it all over again. There's just something about those three movies. It's like you go on such a journey with these characters and they go through so much to reach the end that by the time you get to the end and you see where they've wound up, you, you want to go back and relive it all again. It's like, Look at where they got to. You almost forget how they got here. Let's watch it again. And and I don't, uh, you know, I don't just immediately turn around and we watch, re, re, we, uh, we watch, rewatch it. Um, yeah, these non-edits are going to be fun for you guys. Um, because I don't, I, I fear that I'm going to get sick of the movies eventually. And I try to limit my viewings to once a year. But I do, I do feel emotional during the movies. I do, I do really get a lot out of them. Every single time I watch them, they're definitely worth the money I spent on them, which wasn't much. I bought the digital versions on Vudu a couple of years back. They were on sale as a bundle. And uh, I have watched them so often that I've made my money back, you could almost say. Uh, looking forward to doing that. Uh, other big plans for my birthday week, but, you know, that's just all dumb stuff, furniture shopping and crap like that. Apparently the kids have something exciting to give me on my birthday. So looking forward to that. Better be good. I'm just going to smash it in front of them. They already know that. They're aware that uh, any gift they give me, if I don't enjoy it upon first sight, I smash it with a hammer. So they've never given me anything that's alive for fear that I will smash it with a hammer. Of course, that's, you know, I'm being facetious. You all know that, right? I hope. I hope you don't think I'm some evil, evil man who will smash a gift my children give me with a big hammer. Speaking of which, speaking of hammers, <laughs> I should be talking about the first appearance of Loki in Journey to Mystery number 85 today. That I should have talked about it last week. I didn't. I should be talking about it this week. I'm not. But there, I just, I, I have to say the two Golden Age or Silver Age Thor stories I've read is Journey into Mystery 83, first appearance of Thor, and Journey into Mystery 85, first appearance of Loki. And both times, you know, each, when I read each one of them, which were on separate occasions, both times I could not help but think about the size of Mjolnir in those two stories compared to what he looked, he compared to what the hammer looks like now. And it was a much smaller, more sledgehammer sized head on Mjolnir then compared to what it is now. And there's a big part of me that rather likes the smaller size from back then. If, if you know, you go back and look, look at Thor's hammer today, look at Thor's hammer from back then, and you be your own judge. But I am a big fan of the smaller version, I think. I think it looks, it just looks, uh, for some reason, it looks like it is more real, more wieldy, more deadly almost it's it it feels like a real weapon than how it looks currently i guess you could say i don't i don't know why i think that way anyway that's it that's my episode today folks uh not a lot of substance but then when are they um but hey if uh i don't know how i don't know what i'm trying to say here i guess what i'm trying to say is did you know that you can get your very own just another fanboy t-shirt yeah you certainly can just go to shop.justanotherfanboy.com. You've got two two different t-shirts you can get. There's a Just Another Fanboy t-shirt and there's a Be Nice to Each Other t-shirt. You can get them both in various t-shirt styles and hoodies and uh, even freaking onesies for babies and all that junk. So 
go check that out. You can also, if you're at all interested, you can join my mailing list at list.justanotherfanboy.com. If you have never joined before and you don't have any of my books, if you join now, you'll get a free ebook version of The Adventures of Norman, Oklahoma, Volume 1. You'll get you'll get three different files. You'll get a Moby file, which you can load onto your Kindle. You can get an EPUB file, which you can load onto, well, if you're still using like a Nook or any other e-reader. You also get a PDF for anything else you might have to to read it on. So there you go. List.justanotherfanboy.com. Shop.justanotherfanboy.com. Get out there and do that stuff, folks. Until then, I'm just another fanboy. Wow, I did that completely wrong. It's, it's, I, yeah. Okay, let's try it again. Let's reverse. Blibbity blip, blop, blop, bloop, 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 bloop. Until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other and buy that t shirt. Good job. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.